0: Hi there. I'm Joe Dudek, president and founder of Keyhole Marketing.
1: And I'm Shannon Jarrick. I work for Keyhole as the assistant brand manager.
0: And this is Metaphorically Speaking, a podcast that explores the mysterious side of marketing.
1: Welcome back to season two of Metaphorically Speaking. In this season, we are exploring the topic of fear and its impact on the ways we live, the ways that we market, the ways that we run our business, just how it has to do with our everyday lives. Uh, So hopefully you got a chance to listen to our first episode in this season where we just kind of frame this conversation on fear. We just provide an introductory look at it. Um, If you didn't get a chance, we'd encourage you to go back and listen. We talk about um, just the things that we fear, you know, the definition of fear, the sources of where this fear comes from, and even some of the effects of fear um, in addressing or not addressing it. So today we are going to explore fear and how it lives, hides, and plays out in our bodies. So um, I'm gonna turn it over to Joe, who's gonna start with our reflection.
0: Well, I mean, you knew this was gonna come at some point. Oh no. The Seth Godin quote.
1: There it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I lasted all the way to the second episode, so that's good. You
1: did. I'm proud of you.
0: Um, but he says a quote, you can't make fear go away, but you can dance with it. And I think obviously we're going to talk a lot about how fear resides in our bodies. And, you know, he's not asking for you to get rid of it, remove it from your system. But how do you actually move within fear and how does fear move within you? And so I thought that was a good quote to kind of help us kind of center ourselves and think about this conversation. Um, again, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about how we have to get rid rid of fear, run away from it, um, discard it from our systems, from our bodies. And um, he makes it very clear, like you can't make it go go away. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we're going to talk about a lot today.
1: Right. And he, along with Elizabeth, in our last episode, just noting like you just said joe it's not going anywhere you know so how are we addressing it as if it is present <laughs> yeah, for sure. so this is what we kind of want to explore today um, we're going to look at the body and the mind we're going to start with some biological awareness so what does your body physically do when it's afraid and i know i don't really think about that a lot but we're going to look into just biologically what your body does um, we're going to talk about some psychological or mental awareness so What self-talk or proactivity methods can be introduced into our lives in order to manage that biological response to fear? So what can we do in our minds to kind of combat what happens in our bodies? Um, And then just to look at overall health, so recognizing how fear can play a dangerous role in our state of well-being physically and mentally. I don't think we have a great understanding of how powerful fear is, when it lodges itself in our minds and bodies so we're going to look at some of that and then in turn look at finding a balance so finding that balance between the flow of our physical and mental selves and just seeing how those two can work in harmony instead of um, in opposition to each other
0: yeah that's i think back about when we first started talking about this episode uh, we talked about some of the content we could include and i remember shannon you might not even remember this but you were laughing at my ignorance of fear and the bodily, you know, like, the way it lives in our bodies. And <laughs> full disclosure, I went to a private Christian school that <laughs> had, like, one health class once every month, mm-hmm. I don't know, and most of that health class was talking about how we shouldn't have sex before marriage, so oh. <laughs> wasn't a lot of conversation on fear or the body in general, so I don't come <laughs> to the table with a whole lot of... Uh, pre-knowledge of this conversation but it's definitely been something I've experienced more and more the last couple years and feeling the effects of it on a personal level so I don't have like a lot of academic knowledge but um, there is there is definitely uh, and even just living with my wife and she's helped me to to educate me uh, with her good public school education (laughs) (laughs) you know how this how this plays out in the body and I've experienced it and you know, I think this. What's important about this whole conversation is just, you know, again, sometimes we separate that this the fears live in our mind and they don't have any sort of physical, tangible experience. Mm-hmm. But it's just not true, and we're going to talk about that today and how they really do affect the way our bodies react and the way they they move.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and they aren't just fears aren't just disconnected thoughts that sort of waft over our bodies. They're very real responses to the things that. Live out in our lives, and they they reside in our bodies, and they shouldn't be shouldn't be ignored. They should definitely be paid attention to because it's it, it affects the way we our eyes work, the fact the way our hearts pump, the fact the way our muscles move. I mean, the, the way that our brain functions. So there's just so much that's affected by fear, and um, and just we as entrepreneurs, as employees, as students, whatever the roles we play, that we are all affected by fears. And we're going to kind of dissect a little bit of pun intended (laughs) but dissect uh just how fear lives in our bodies
1: definitely i think that's such an interesting point because i don't think that's something i really realized is just how physical fear can be Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah so it in that sense we're gonna go back to school we're gonna (laughs) head back to high school biology class which i don't know how long (laughs) that's been for you joe but um Um, we're going to start with a little quiz, so oh, get ready with your private school education <laughs> here. Let's see what you know. Um, how many fears are we as humans born with? What's your best guess? Oh, gosh.
0: Thanks a lot for embarrassing me. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't remember this one either. So
0: I no. will <laughs> 4 i do not know.
1: Four. That's pretty good. Um, the answer is actually just two, oh, wow. so you weren't pretty far off. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Um, as humans we are born with just two fears those are the fear of loud sounds and the fear of falling hmm. so which is pretty interesting. It is interesting. Uh, beyond that everything else that we fear is learned through our culture or our environment. so um, in the spirit of biology we have 30 different hormones that are released when we feel threatened which to me feels like a lot. I guess I don't know a ton on how many hormones are released <laughs> on other things but I'm like dang 30 hormones okay. That's a lot of that. Um, But what these hormones do when we feel fear is they boost activity in the heart and lungs. So our heart rate increases. We breathe a little heavier and faster. Um, It reduces activity in our stomach and our intestines, which actually explains the feeling of those butterflies that we get in our stomach when we're nervous or afraid. Um, It inhibits the production of tears and saliva, so that explains the dry mouth that comes when you get afraid or when you become afraid. Mm. It dilates our pupils, it produces tunnel vision, it actually reduces our hearing, which to me makes me feel like I'm just afraid all the time because I (laughs) can't hear anything. (laughs) Now it all makes sense.
0: That's so crazy, all these different effects.
1: Yeah, yeah. and some of those I feel like I knew. You know, I get butterflies or I, I feel my heart pumping faster. but. Um, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, so to get even a little bit more scientific, um, oh, perfect. yeah, right, I <sighs> can't wait. Here's your TED talk on okay. <laughs> the brain's anatomy. <laughs> um, we'll go through this pretty simply, but um, there's an area in your brain called the hypothalamus, which is located toward the top of the brainstem, and it releases a hormone called CRF into the pituitary gland (laughs) and this gland is um, a major portion of your endocrine system and it secretes a hormone called acth which there will be no quiz afterwards so (laughs) don't worry joe and all of you listening Um, but this particular hormone actually moves through your bloodstream and ultimately arrives at the adrenal cortex which is found above the kidneys Um, And that is where those 30 hormones are released when you become afraid. So it starts in your brain and it moves all the way down your body into your kidneys. And that uh, particular adrenal cortex releases those those hormones that prepare the body to deal with a threat. Um, So when our body feels afraid, one of the hormones that's released is called dopamine, which you may have heard of. Mm -hmm. Um, It's otherwise known as a natural high, if you will. And this is a perfect time to transition back to Joe because as we're recording this in Colorado, you know all about getting high. (laughs) Is it a natural natural high? I don't know, but. There's a little stimulant that
0: goes along with that.
1: Right. Uh, But with this high in the natural sense, um, that's where your heart rate starts to rise. You um, get this tunnel vision, your peripheral vision is actually reduced. Mm -hmm. Um, your stress hormone levels rise and that hormone is called cortisol which you might have heard of Mm -hmm. Um, so that level rises and your body actually limits several other of its kind of natural functions in order to make sure you have as much energy as possible flowing to your muscles so that you're prepared to defend yourself from danger so it's incredible like what the body does in reaction to fear it it might feel like at least to me I feel like my heart's rising and my blood is pumping faster and I feel almost like I'm paralyzed, but it's actually preparing me. You know, it's limiting other reactions in order for all of my systems to, like, react to how I feel. So
0: Yeah, it's been really – it's really been interesting the last couple years because I've either been numb to all of those factors or I don't know why because my my wife would go through and tell you every one of those – behaviors probably she's experienced. And I'm like, I don't know. I've seen it. I've experienced it a little bit, but I'm not sure why I don't, um, either embrace or acknowledge them. I'm sure they have all been lived within me at some Mm -hmm. point, but I just have ignored them. Uh, I do know probably two or three years ago, I definitely, I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. Uh, just went to the doctor to get some stuff checked out and she had told me about that. And I, I I don't know if any doctor would tell you that we went to an, uh, um, functional medicine practitioner, so she kind of really did more of a real thorough analysis of sort of the, the things leading up to that and, and investigating my lifestyle, the things I was doing. And at that point, it was probably the start, start of this process to move out to Colorado and all the stuff swirling in our lives at the time. And I just really had exhausted my adrenals and it resulted in adrenal fatigue. And so that was really just this cortisol. Um, levels were just being pumped out, pumped out, pumped mm-hmm. out and just exhausting me and really was from chronic stress, chronic um, exhaustion, probably chronic fear. And this fight or flight response that we have, you know, just was was going full time without any rest. And so my body was really experiencing this and some of the factors was just like I was couldn't really get going in the morning, um, super exhausted, we always needed like a, a break. Uh, in the afternoon, but then at nighttime, I was like ready to go, and you know couldn't <laughs> yeah. really go to sleep. And um, even like weird factors of like dizziness when standing, um, I didn't know what that meant. But just if I stood up quickly, that would happen, or get like headaches in the afternoon, and um, kind of a weird, super weird reaction. I looked this one up. I had this like pain in my back, lower back, and then that actually like these tendons would go around your hips and then they actually attach to these sides of your knees so i actually had these weird like inside knee pain so <laughs> weird. i looked that up and it was like totally legit totally you're intri- like am i attaches. getting old yeah, or am i exactly, feeling definitely fearful. true but it was like such a weird place to get old in, like, inside <laughs> knees. so i was like what is this about so i looked that up and that's actually related to to that the way your body responds to that so mm-hmm. again just that factor of um Carrying around a lot of the stress and a lot of these fears that were were uh, affecting me physically, um, I ended up having to sort of change my diet and and get for me I had to get rid of coffee for a long time. Mm-hmm. Ended up being like a long, I don't know, six month process to recover from that. There wasn't a, a quick fix. It wasn't like just stop. Drinking every hour. Um, I'm just kidding. It wasn't that bad. Um, There's your problem. <laughs> yeah. It was, no, it was just you know change change my diet. Th- think about more healthy fats, some some natural salts like which were actually really good for my system. More proteins, less carbs. Uh, more more vegetables. So kind of a standard diet you would know about, but really elevate the the value there and just reduce my def- my ex- expectance or my dependence on. Um, coffee and stimulants to kind of keep me going and just took some time to just also had to just really change my lifestyle to like just relax and mm-hmm. um, more yoga more breathing that kind of stuff and there were some supplements I could take but you know ultimately to change my lifestyle and Really embrace the heaviness that was going on in life at the time the fears that I was experiencing Um and I think at that time, too, it was just the fears of being a new dad and all the stuff that came along with that and not knowing what in the world I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was s- certainly scared that everything that I was doing was wrong and I was screwing my son up for the rest of his life and <laughs> all that stuff. So all these things were lodged away for a long period of time and then resulting in, in this physical, mm-hmm. uh, the way it played out like that. So definitely can, even though I don't have the, the knowledge of that before, my body was telling me, like, this is your response to that. And right. You know it's really interesting because I mean that was very much a, a, the way our bodies were designed to have that response t- to survive, to keep us to keep us alive from from attack and help us to either you know that fight or flight, either run for our lives or you know run you know run into it and fight for our lives. You mm-hmm. know, and um, I think that even plays out in the business world. You know, we have those those people or those clients who are like, oh my gosh, they got to get out of here, run for our lives <laughs> from these clients or. Or you know the people that we just have to stand up against and and just um, you know fight for our our space and our place in that in that time. So mm-hmm. sounds a little embellished, sounds a little hyperbolic, but it's very real. I think that it's it's not just what cavemen experience is very much what we experience today in the, in the business world, and it can result in physical ramifications of those fears. Yeah.
1: Right. No, I think that's so fascinating because if I experienced any of those symptoms i would not ever naturally assume it was related to fear Mm -hmm. you know it's Mm -hmm. like oh my back hurts or oh i'm not getting enough sleep it's like well i I would attribute it to something else i would never naturally assume i'm afraid or i'm feeling stressed you know so i'm just so glad that you were able to figure that out you know and Mm I think there's some encouragement there like what are you feeling in your body what is your body bi- body lodging or you know telling you that you're not paying attention to yeah. that actually might be related to to some serious fears that you're wrestling with yeah
0: I think that was the biggest takeaway it was certainly eye-opening to figure out what that diagnosis was but the re- the result of that the response to that was pay attention like yeah re- pay attention to the signs your body are telling you and that was I think that's again what I talked about earlier. That numbness that I felt was for years of not paying attention to that. Yep. And my wife Lindsay is very much more attuned to the way life affects her and the effects she's how it impacts her life. And I've been like, oh, it's all good. It's all fine. And, <laughs> yeah. all You know, my body's telling me no, it's not. All it's good. not. Yep. Around. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So just to circle back to that kind of survival piece, you know, probably everyone is familiar with that fight or flight response your brain triggers, you know, do I attack this, do I challenge it, or do I run away from it? And what we really want to get across here is fear is not something that needs to be avoided. Like, it has a biological essential role to who we are as humans. You know, it attributes to our survival and very much has value in who we are. You know, in Joe's situation, he was feeling those kinds of fears lodged in his body, and he he needed to see that. So, So, to take this conversation a step deeper, you know, it's interesting to dive into how fear reacts into specific parts of our body and then take a step back to explore what that means in a metaphorical sense. Obviously, that's what we're trying to do here. Um, So, I want to kind of look at a couple different areas of the body and look at them biologically, but then also look at them metaphorically. So, if we start with the heart, like I mentioned before, physically, what happens in our heart when fear arises is that the central blood blood vessels around our vital organs dilate and they flood them with oxygen and nutrients. So our heart begins to be faster and harder. Our hormones boost activity and um, our heart rate rises. You know that's something that we're all pretty familiar with I'm sure. And these are very natural and even healthy responses. Our heart is doing what it's supposed to do when it feels fear in those moments. Um, but that begs the question in a metaphorical sense, how can we learn to respond or react to fear in our hearts? You know, so yes, our heart is doing this physically, but how can I learn to respond to this in, in an emotional or in a heartfelt way? What are choices that we can make to respond to fear in healthy ways? You know, and is that emotional for you? Is that spiritual for you? Um, I love that kind of look at it Mm -hmm. you know yes our body is doing something physically but can i look at my heart in in an emotional way and prepare it to feel fear Um, so look taking a look at our vision which is another thing that's affected when we feel fear when fear appears our pupils dilate to actually take in more light we get tunnel vision because our peripheral vision is reduced Um, fear inhibits the production of tears and saliva we get that dry mouth Our, our eyes begin to dry um so yes that's what happens that's what happens physically but in a metaphorical sense how could we change the way that we see things that happen in our lives that cause fear so is our perspective accurate is it truthful do we need somebody else to hold a mirror to our blind spots so again yes this is happening to your eyesight you know even to your mouth when you feel afraid but how do you view fear? How do you see it? And, and how can you prepare yourself to see it?
0: Mm-hmm. It's, that's super fascinating to learn just from our, our sight and our heart and the way our bodies work in those realms within fear. Another, another capacity is the way our muscles respond to fear. Um, we wanna make sure, our bodies wanna make sure that there's enough energy flowing to our muscles as, as possible so that we can defend ourselves from danger. And so sometimes that lives out in the, like you talked about earlier those butterflies that we sense in our in our stomachs. Uh, I think my wife gets that a lot. Uh, Lindsay gets that a lot. Um, I think I probably get it in a way that like my my lip quivers sometimes when I'm nervous, um, which again isn't isn't doesn't seem like it's much, but it probably is more than I acknowledge. Mm-hmm. But and so I think what that always begs the question: Are there some boundaries or some limitations we need to set us set up for ourselves to preserve ourselves? You know, are there? people in our lives or their conversations that are happening, experiences that are happening, that we need to separate ourselves to preserve the energy in us. Yeah. Um, again, thinking about it metaphorically speaking of um, you know, what are those limitations we need to set so that we're not just pulled into that and whether to save our bodies, save our functions or, or to save others from that experience.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just a really good reminder for myself we can feel these things happening in our bodies. I can feel my heart rate getting faster. I can feel, you know, or see my eyes almost getting Mm -hmm. thinner, if you will, Mm -hmm. or I can feel my muscles tensing. And then kind of switching that into the emotional, like I recognize biologically that I'm experiencing fear. How can I see this in a different way? How can I kind of approach this in more of an emotional sense? Yeah.
0: There's also a part, one last bodily part that we want to talk about is just the brain and the way it helps us process fear so like for example if we were to like puts kind of fear into context so we're if we were to see a mountain lion at a zoo uh, we wouldn't necessarily be like curious like what is that thing and like what is it doing and why is it moving that way but if we're in my backyard and we mm-hmm. see them online, which is possible. <laughs> it um, is. And we're gonna have a little different reaction than Bright. curiosity. We're gonna have really a lot of fear running through our system. And, but that part of the brain, um, which is the hippocampus, I think that's how it's pronounced it right? is and we're not
1: talking about the band name in this case this is actually a, <laughs> exactly. a portion of your brain <laughs> it
0: works really with that prefrontal cortex to, to help us to figure out like is it a is it a real threat or is it is it a, like how should we process this right and you know so again thinking about it in a metaphoric sense are there are there ways we can put our own fears into better context are there truths yeah. that we need to explore within that because sometimes we just let every truth pass through us and it just overtakes us so is there some time and some, some effort we need to apply into looking at our fears and putting those into better context, saying is this a real threat or is this a perceived threat that mm-hmm. isn't really real? Um, so, yeah, I mean, is it is it a real mountain lion <laughs> of, of in our lives or is, it, or is it a zoo mountain lion? Right. Um, so, I yeah.
1: I don't think we give that part of our brain enough credit because that's just incredible. Like, it it really is such an emotional part of our brain. The hippocampus triggers a fight or flight, but it's due to context. It's due to the last however many years of our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of running through its function. Like, is this something to be afraid of or is it not? For sure. Fascinating. So speaking of context, um, just to hone this even further into how fear plays out in the business world, um, what I found really intriguing is that it's almost impossible to make rational decisions when we're in a state of fear. Mm -hmm. And this is backed up by research. Um, According to Dr. Gregory Burns, who is a neuroscientist at Emory University, fear actually turns off the exploratory and risk-taking functions of our brain. So we're only able to react defensively, preventing us from assessing all of our options and making smarter decisions. So ah, that's just mind blowing to me. I don't know. It's just incredible to think that when we feel afraid, we we almost lack a sense of rationality. Rationality, You know, we can't make a decision as well or at all when we're in a state of fear.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great segue into our final phase of motion in this in this episode. You know, we've talked so much about the body and how it responds to and holds fear in this episode, and to close out this conversation, we really thought, why not introduce a, a technique that is also physical and there's a there's an element of um, in experiencing your body and, and acknowledging your body's uh, in the presence of fear there. My wife's been doing a technique called EFT or Emotional Freedom Technique. Something she found, I think in the past, but something she's really been reading uh, in a book called How to Heal Yourself from Anxiety, it's by Amy Schur. And you know, this EFT is, is kind of a process, um, it's also known as tapping, it's kind of a way of disrupting disrupting the negative energy that's inside of us, and um, it's also been used quite a bit to help people with PTSD. But basically it focuses on the meridian points or the pathways that, to energy within our bodies. and um, so it's got this five step process of how to work through some of this fear that may be being held in your body and it can be it can be out there it can be a little bit weird <laughs> um, but at the same time, like I said if you call it weird then you're calling my wife weird and yeah. that's not good oh. but No, she's had great success and we understand that it's you know not for everybody to consider but uh, it's been, it's been helpful. So the five steps are first starting just by rating your current state. Like on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate the power or the intensity of fear in your body? Like what are you physically feeling right then? Um, and think about some of the physical sensations and then give yourself a score. Um, and then create a set, what's called a setup statement to describe your feelings. So it could be something like even though, and then you would, in this place, describe how you feel right now. I can be okay right now. Um, so, you just want to take some time to really think through it with as much detail as possible. Like, what are you physically feeling right now in your body? And then follow that up with a phrase like, you know, that's kind of telling yourself what your body really wants. I can be okay right now. I can love myself and accept myself right now. Or I can, you know, release it right now. So, you're kind of first, the first part of the phrase is what are you telling your body you don't want? And then you just follow up with what are you telling your body you do want? And then you state that setup statement aloud three times while you use your fingertips to tap um, right on the outside fleshy part of your hand, and kind of that part that you would use to karate hmm. chop somebody. Oh
1: um, yeah, that one I know. Yeah,
0: that one you know. <laughs> um, so you tap a few times, um, while you say that phrase aloud three times. And and then you move to other meridian points along your body. So there's kind of a process you have to follow. And while you're, and I'll tell you the process actually, it goes from, from your outside of your hand to the middle top of your head, to your eyebrows, to the side of the eye, to under the nose, to your chin, to your collarbone, to the side of the body, which is like four underneath, four inches underneath your armpit, and then finally to your fingertips, so kind of where the fingernails meet the, the cuticles. So, you're saying that phrase, but you're modifying as you as you acknowledge different ways your body feels throughout the time. And you know, you might just sort of check in after you go through that process and see how do you feel? Is it, there, is there still work to be done? How does you like? What is your intensity of your fears at that at that moment? So. Hmm. Again, it's definitely out there, even saying this, and like I'm not sure, I'm sure, I'm sure other people are like, what the heck is that about? But um, like I said, it's been super helpful for her to, I think she starts her days with that, and it and just really helped her move through um, her fears, and fears that have resulted in anxiety, and um, to get her body to be in sync with the way her mind's working through this stuff as well so yeah
1: yeah. and if you need those meridian points again yeah in case you didn't memorize those you can look those up (laughs) yeah yeah
0: There's definitely like i said there is a process to go through starting with that hand and then going from the top of the head really down kind of down the body and then eventually to your fingertips so um i'm not sure what would happen if you went out of order but uh, it might just be good to just stay with the stay with the process so hopefully you find that helpful
1: definitely So in our next conversation, we are going to talk about how we respond to fear. Um, But as always, if you have questions or comments related to this topic or the types of things we can do for you here at Keyhole, please don't hesitate to send us an email at hi at keyholemarketing.us.
0: Hopefully you enjoyed that biology lesson this episode.
1: Flashback to high school.
0: (laughs) And not to my high
1: school.
0: But from what I heard about other people's high school experience, so uh, hopefully it was good for you, and you find some good some good things. And again, it's kind of scientific, but hopefully valuable for you. And um, look forward to the next conversation. Thanks so much.